It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Hubner, Murph and Fred back together again <laughs> on ESPN 1000. Oh, what a great day to be talking sports in Chicago. Glad you're with us. I'm Mike Murphy. He's uh, he's not here. Fred Hubner. Fred said, Murph, I, I got to get away from you, man. I need a day off. Fred will be back next week. So Murph and Fred from now, usually until noon. But uh, Felix, the cat, holding on to 14. Felix, we're not on till noon, I find out. what. Uh, when are we off? Uh, 11.30, we're going to be uh, carrying the Yankees at Orioles game. National ESPN Baseball Coast to Coast. Thank you, Felix. So we are truncated. I love that word. I don't know what it means. But I love it anyway. So, uh, 9 till 11.30 today. Lots to cover. Got some great guests coming up. We're just about a couple minutes away from Bears Talk and other talk with the fine featured columnist and on the Bears beat over at the Sun-Times, our buddy Mark Potash. He said, yeah, I'll phone in. A couple minutes, we'll be visiting with Mark. Jesse, the little guy, Jesse Rogers at 10. He's on the Cubs beat, the Cubs patrol. What a game yesterday. White Sox also... Since Fred's not here, I have to make sure to throw in plenty of White Sox talk for my buddy Fred. He'll be back next week. And look who's covering the Bears today for ESPN 1000, Nicky Free, Nick Friedel. Wait, he's your Bulls guy. Well, he's also covering the Bears. He'll be at Soldier Field. And lots, lots to talk about there, Mark Potash, in a few minutes. So the three main stories today, I believe, uh, nope particular order would be number one did head coach of the Bears Matt Nagy Nagy did he tell George McCaskey last night you know I'm thinking about uh, and and I'm sure I'm sure Ryan Pace was in on this too the general manager but the big story in case you're just joining in uh, the sports world the Bears have announced they will be sitting not benching, that's a different word, sitting all their regulars in the preseason game at noon today at Soldier Field. So if you're heading out the door right now, got your, uh, you still have your Brian Erlacher uniform uh, top, wearing your number 54 shirt. Felix, what do you think of that? You're a longtime Chicago sports guy. Once a player's, you know, retired or, or left, did you still wear, uh, you know, the... Uh, the old, like, I got my Willie Galt uniform. I better wear that to the Bears game today. Is it okay to wear, old, you know, guys that are no longer, or do you want to have active guys? Give me my Trubisky shirt. I got to buy one for $92. Well, if you're interested in all the active guys, then yeah, why not, right? But I like my yeah. Erlacher jersey. And now yeah. that he's in the Hall of Fame, right. why not? It's easy to carry around that. And it feels good to carry a Hall of Famer around, yeah, right? Like a Ron Sano uniform. Yeah, absolutely. At, at Ridley Field or Frank Thomas at Sox Park. But the borderline guys, those are the ones, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, like a, I got a Hector Villanueva uniform shirt I'm going to wear from, uh, you know, 1995. Okay, well, maybe not. Other than than that topic, which, you see, there's so much, there's so many layers. To not be starting. In fact, let's let's take a look right now at the uh, uh, Murph and uh, Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. Vote right now. Our first two questions, Bears related. Bears are sitting all their regulars today. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Bears are sitting all their regulars today and the final game next week. A, B, C, or D, A. 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Trubisky needs all the reps he can get. Reps. Repetition. He's learning. This is stupid. Dumb. Or you can vote B. This is dumb, Murph. The whole team needs to be out there. New head coach. New coaches up and down. All the players, especially on offense, trying to learn the schemes. This is dumb. C. This is smart. This is one of the smartest things the Bears have ever done. It'll avoid injuries. You've already got three, four of your top guys dinged up, right? Two more games? Nope. No more injuries. Everybody right now that's healthy, in theory, will be healthy against the Packers in two more weeks. Or D, this is smart. You know why this is smart, Murph? All these preseason games are meaningless, and they'll all be a thing of the past very, very soon. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. We're also going to talk with Jesse Rogers at 10 o'clock. And uh, one topic with Jesse, Theo Epstein, his best four weeks ever as a Cubs general manager. And White Sox fans, why have the White Sox players... Put the manager and the coaches on the pay-no-mind list. But let's go out right now to the Chicago Sun-Times. Our uh, featured columnist sprays to all fields, covers it all. Been on the Bears' beat since Bourbonnet. It's a good friend, Mark Potash. It's Murph. No Fred today. Fred said he couldn't take it. He needed a week away from me. Can you blame him, Mark? Well, I don't know, Murph. Uh, I'm putting that one on Fred, actually. <laughs> Fans say to Mark Potash. Mark, a bombshell, I guess a bombshell is a word that I don't want to overuse, but to find out late last night, the Bears have announced that uh, there will be uh, no playing uh, in the final two games here of the starters, uh, the regulars. I don't want to overuse uh, the word bombshell, but it was a shock to me. You've been around the team. Did you see this coming? Did anybody see this coming? No, not really. Um, I think in thought and a little bit in practice, uh, the NFL has been moving in this direction uh, where, te- where starters are playing less and less during the, reg- during the preseason. But to go from kind of one extreme to the other, <laughs> uh, you know, fr- from, the, from the third preseason game being kind of the dress rehearsal where they play into the third quarter to not playing at all, that's a little bit of a, that's a, little bit of a surprise. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's uh, an intriguing move. It's an intriguing yeah, move by, yeah. by, by Matt Nagy because he's taking a risk here because, you know, unless they play well against the Packers, uh, this is not going to make him look good. And I give him credit for not worrying about that worst-case scenario. He's, it's a pretty bold move. It could work. It could not. Uh, to answer, to not answer, I guess, your poll question, we, I think the biggest thing is we really got to wait. There's two sides to this issue. I mean, there are fair arguments on both sides, but we have to wait until September 9th and beyond to know exactly whether this is the right move or not. Mark Potash, you're, you couldn't be more correct. There's a lot of layers to this onion, and not that it stinks, but that's an old uh, expression. But you you said a moment ago, and I think that's the key right here. A lot of fans probably hadn't thought down to this layer of the onion, but the head coach uh, 
uh, Nags, as the players call him now, uh, Matt Nagy, he's opening himself up to all the criticism in the world. Let's say now you know where it's going. So uh, game one at Green Bay, they don't look smooth on offense. Trubisky struggles for whatever reason. Boy, the coach has opened himself up. But I like that. Here's a coach that's not running scared, not worried about public opinion, doing, whether right or wrong, doing what, what he thinks is right, Mark. Yeah, I mean, he, there's, let's, hey, Murph, Murph he, he could be ahead of the curve here. The trend is towards playing less. And, 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 you know, if Bill Belichick had made this move, the competition committee would have two preseason games at most next year because that's <laughs> right. the kind of influence he has. But so maybe, I'm not saying he's Bill Belichick, but I'm saying at least he's kind of forward thinking and he's going kind of with the wind instead of against it here. And so you got to allow for that possibility that maybe in this day and age, maybe try and play it safe and, and avoid injuries is kind of the way to go. Although I will say that, like I said before, to go from one extreme to the other, to, to go from this game being the most important game to being just a, a, an inconsequential game, mostly or only because of injury, that's not a good thing for the NFL. I mean, that means you're worrying too much about injury ahead of preparing your team for the season. And I think in the big picture, that's just not a good thing, uh, you know, just for football in general. Yeah, the game, you know, the game's get, it's a sign that the game is getting sure. too dangerous. Again, again, you, you could not be more correct. One of my notes was, is this the beginning of the end? For the NFL, the exhibition games. You know what's interesting, uh, Mark? I don't know. No one's been around, you know, as long as I have. Uh, but we used to call them exhibition games, and the league called them exhibition games years ago until they started cajoling or forcing the season ticket fans to buy the uh, exhibition games. And then they realized, hey, wait a minute, owners. How can we sell these if we're saying it's just an exhibition game, so they shoehorned in down everyone's throat the phrase preseason. But this is the beginning of the end. We all know that if, uh, you know, you buy the eight-game package, you have to buy the other two. Most fans, I believe I'm correct, either give those two away to friends that, oh, I've never been to a Bears game, or companies maybe give them to their quote-unquote lower-level sponsors, you know, as a, a gratuity. But they hold out the big ones for the big customers. These games right now, uh, they're going to be extinct. It's it's only a matter of time, Mark. Uh, you know, Murph, and I think fans eventually will be fine. If not, even right away, we'll, we'll be fine with that. Mm -hmm. The only question is, with no preseason, what is the risk? What is the effect? I mean, sure, you're assured yourself of going into the regular season without any injuries, but you can argue that you're putting yourself at a greater potential for injuries early in the season by going from basically practice situations where you don't tackle at all to regular season game speed. That's a shock to a football player's system that they may or may not be ready for. And that's the argument kind of for having preseason games. You need that. You need, that's part of the process of getting in football shape is getting tackled, getting hit. And, and and you're going to be missing that without the preseason. Visiting for a few minutes. Appreciate any time Mark Potash picked up the phone and gives us a call leading up to uh, the Bears game home at noon uh, today. Uh, the next Twitter poll f uh, fills right in with us here. Vote at ESPN 1000. Uh, if a friend offered you a free ticket for the Bears game today at noon, A or B, A, Oh, yeah, man. Free ticket to a Bears game. I go. I take the ticket and go. B, I politely say, no, thank you. I'm not 
making the effort. What I'm leading up to here, my, voted ESPN 1000, Mark, the day might come. Now, the owners are going to have a heart attack where these games might be free. Now, I understand there's money involved. I understand if you pay $100 uh, for your ticket instead of eight games, it's 10 That's $800 or $1,000. What they'll do, Mr. Potash, in my opinion, they'll just make the eight games cost you know, $1,000, and then open up the gates. If they just opened up the gates today after this announcement, do you think people would flood over there and go see the Bears for free? Or they, no, thanks. I'll watch the Cub game or I got a million other things to do. Well, no, I don't think they would be flooding in uh, if, if the game were free. Uh, they don't flood in when it's paid anyway. So, uh, but there <laughs> right. is, I will say this. But mm-hmm. There is something. There are, there are still things to watch. Uh, for one thing, it's only the starters who are not playing. So you're going to get to see some regulars who, uh, some substitute players who are actually going to be factors in the regular season play against the Chiefs' first team offense and defense. Um, there, there are, you know, there are still things to see. Where will James, where will James Daniels line up? Will mm-hmm. he be the starting center? Will he be the starting guard? That's going to give you an indication of what they think he can do because I'm pretty sure they didn't draft him like 39th overall to be the backup center all year. He's going to eventually play. Um, you know, there, there are other players. Anthony Miller, is he a starter who does not play or does he get actually get reps today? He's an exciting player who I think, you know, at least has a chance of playing. Uh, you know, Javon Wims is an intriguing draft pick, a wide receiver. Now they'll be playing with Chase Daniel and right. Tyler Bray, but but that's still something to see. And there's a lot of you know other positions that are kind of up for grabs. There's a lot because of injuries. There's a um, you know there's a lot of depth mm-hmm. issues at tight end. You got Ben Bronecker and and Daniel Brown. Um, I figure are going to play today um, uh, in, in this game. So there are, there are still things to see. You're just not. It's just a question of whether you the, the Bears first team players are, are going to well, be prepared for Green Bay or not. That's the issue yeah. with, this, with this situation. Excellent point on that topic. Mark Potash, Kevin White. So can we assume that if a player, and this is an assumption, but that's what we do as fans, if Kevin White does not start, does that mean he's on the starting roster, starting, well, we know he's going to make the roster. Is he a legitimate starter if he doesn't start today? In other words, it's a backwards way to look at things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. There will be indicators. That's what I'm saying. There yeah. will be indicators of, of who they like and who they don't. Kevin White, um, even even by going against the idea that you need, in general, all the reps you can get in, in, in the preseason, mm-hmm. which this game obviously disproves, uh, he still, above and beyond that, needs all the reps he can get. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's going to see extensive time. But again, I'll be honest with him. I mean, he makes plays. He's got to be able to make plays uh, when the lights are on. So even anything he does today, you got to take with a grain of salt. But I, but I will say that you know he's a guy who I figure uh, will be somewhat in the spotlight, whether he plays or not. Actually, final couple minutes, Mark Potash, and uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Bear fan Bob wants to jump in. Bear fan Bob, go ahead. You're on with Mark Potash. Go. Good morning, boys. Uh, you know I I understand why uh, Coach Nagy is doing this. If you follow Ryan Pace throughout the years. You've always heard him say, I never had any, or to the effect, no, everybody has not been on the field, and he doesn't know what the team will do. Well, to a certain extent, he's right. But I don't agree with this because I really think this team needs to play together. It needs timing. I mean, this team needs practice. 
and they need a lot of it. You know, to what I've seen with the new coaches and everything else. Even if they put these guys in at the end of the fourth or put them in for the fourth quarter, that way nobody would get hurt. At least there would be something there to where everybody could play together. I really think this is a mistake, but those are kind of my thoughts today, guys. Anyways, that's my comment. You guys have a nice day. Thanks. Bear Fan Bob. Hey, wouldn't be a Saturday, Marcus, if we didn't have Bear Fan Bob. I think he echoes what a lot of the fans are saying. We'll get the results in a minute uh, on our Twitter poll before we spring, Mark. Uh, last chance vote right now at ESPN 1000. Two uh, poll questions. The Bears are sitting all their regulars today. A, B, C, or D vote now. A, that's dumb. Trubisky needs all the reps he can get. B, it's dumb. The whole team, new players, new staff, they all need to learn new schemes. Or vote C or D, smart. This will avoid injuries. They're already having so many key players down. D, this is smart. These preseason games are meaningless. And number two, a friend of yours just called you up and said, hey, I got a free ticket for the Bears game. You say, yep, let's go. Can't wait today. Want to see all the uh, second and third stringers fighting for their jobs, like Mark pointed out, will happen. Or B, you know, no thanks. I got a lot of other things to do. We'll get those results. Before this announcement was made, what's your gut feeling last night? Was it the idea of the head coach? Was it the idea of Ryan Pace, the general manager? And semicolon part two, Mark. Do you think they gave a courtesy call considering a lot of money involved? A lot of fans have never enjoyed, you know, paying for the two exhibition games as part of their season package. Was there a courtesy call to George McCaskey last night or more than a courtesy call? Do you think George would uh, say, hey, it's my decision, or does he let the GM and new head coach do what they want? I think this was uh, Matt Nagy's call, and uh-huh. uh, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure Ryan Pace was in on it, if not you know, a, a call they made together. Uh, I don't think they involved George McCaskey in it, frankly, mm-hmm. um, because I think the objective is, is to be ready for the regular season, whatever they think is best to do that. I'm sure that's fine with George. Uh, uh, I think he stays out of all the football stuff anyway, or says he does. Sure. So I don't think that was an issue. But I think this was Maggie's call. He's, he, he's uh, along with Pace, I guess, together because they have both been the Bears in general have been ultra careful with regard to injuries. They babied guys um, uh, in their in, in recoveries, you know, like Leonard Floyd and and uh, and Kyle Long when they when they came back, and they babied guys who have been injured in camp and. And in general, so I think they're really sensitive to it, and and I think that's why, uh, that's why I mean that's why Nagy's doing this. I just think he's you know like any young coach, he's seen injuries become such a factor um, in his whole entire coaching tenure. The injury factor has been so huge that he's just ultra sensitive to it. Mark, the injury factor. There's a lot of fans, and I my my good uh, buddy and partner Fred Hubner. Fred took the day off. He'll be back next week. I don't want to speak for Fred, but he just, hey, if you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Uh, I'm from the other side. Uh, you know, the more you drive your car in the city, the more chance of hitting a pothole. The more miles you drive your car up in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere, the more apt, in my opinion, you are to hit a deer. You know what I mean? Which side do you come down? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Or, you know, the more reps you take, the more games you play, the more chances you are that you're going to get hurt. 
Well, Murph, in my head, in, in my heart, I guess I'm an old school guy who believes that you can condition yourself, uh, you know, to avoid injuries by getting more contact. And the more, you know, just like just like if pitchers came up throwing uh, 300 innings in the minor leagues, they'd be able to do it in the major league, which they don't do anymore. So I, that's my that in, in my heart, I think that's that's the way I'd like to see it. But I think the reality is uh-huh. that. Uh, the, the game, you know, the, just the, the pure physics of the game, you know, uh, greater, you know, uh, greater, greater mass, greater acceleration equals greater force, and it can't keep <laughs> up with the with the helmets right. and the and the and the safety equipment, and the game is just too dangerous now. I, I think that that old school thinking is just going by the wayside. Mm. So in my head, I'd have to agree more that less is better, yeah. uh, even though in rea- I'd like to think that. You condition yourself to, you know, to, to uh, accept the physical abuse of this game by, you know, going like the Bears, the 85 Bears, the Ditka Bears famously did. You'll know, go one-on-one and ones versus ones in practice and really brutalize each other right. and stuff, and that kind of condition them. But that team also had injury factors, too. So, uh, <laughs> yep, yep. so I mean, it, it, so that old-school thinking, which you know, used to be right, the players are just so big, so fast now. That, mm. Like I said, the, the, the force, the physical force of the, of the collisions in the game is just so great now. I don't think you can do that anymore. Mark, uh, so, I agree. so what I'm saying is the yeah. latter. I, yeah. I say B, the, yeah. the latter. Less is better. I hear you. I'll leave you with this, Mark. And uh, always great. Everyone loves to hear Mark Potash from the Sun Times. Said, "Yeah, I'll join you." Got the Bears at noon today. Mark, uh, Major League Baseball, they have spring training also. They, uh, I believe they still call them exhibition games, not preseason, right? In March down yeah. in uh, Arizona and Florida. A number of years ago, and this ties in, MLB put in a rule that every team must attempt and should start at least four of their eight regular players, not counting the pitchings, pitchers, four of their eight regulars or well-known names at every minor league game. What was happening was, you know, teams were uh, doing split squads to increase revenue. So, uh, you know, you'd go to a Cubs game back in the 90s and, where's Sammy? You know, well, Sammy didn't feel like playing or they gave days off. The league put a rule in. You must put at least four of the eight men on the field that are either starters or well-known, you know, players for the fans. I'm not saying that the NFL should do that, but it's all part of this domino effect. As we mentioned when you came on, this looks like the beginning of the end, maybe not for 10 or 20 years, maybe much sooner for the uh, preseason football uh, games. Uh, you said, what'd you say? If Belichick had done this, uh, they'd be next year down to just two games only if he, uh, yeah. if he asked for it, right? Right, but but the dynamic is a little bit different in baseball. Like uh-huh. Spring training is because fans make a much bigger investment to go see those games. A lot of a lot of people travel a long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and they come just to see that. So, and baseball just being a different sport, you know, it's just like it's a little bit off tar- off, off the off the on a tangent. But you know, the Cubs it, it were you know they're they, they were in a stretch like at this time in '69. If you remember, they played like 22 games in 22 days. They had two off days. Yeah. They played an exhibition game against their AAA team in Tacoma, <laughs> and they played the boys' benefit game against the White Sox. Oh. And in both games, their regulars played like three or four innings because that uh, was like yeah. ex- in, in an exhibition game, like you say, there was this expectation <laughs> that you're going to see the real players. So, I mean, uh, Joe, Joe Madden would blow a stack if they had to do that this year. But but anyway, just to point out yeah. that you're right. In exhibition games, they do that where they want to have people want to pay to see the regular players. 
What I'm saying is in football, I think the dynamic is a little bit different where the ex, where the preseason game is just the preseason games just don't matter enough for them to really have that make that much of a, of a of a beef about it. See, Mark, you were wondering what the storyline was going to be uh, today uh, during the week. Uh, what? And there it is. It's laid right in our lap today. Thank you to the Bears uh, for, for something. But it's an interesting topic and a great job of helping us unravel it, Marcus. Always, always appreciate your personal time. Fans love hearing from you. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Morph. I appreciate it. Uh, tell Fred that uh, 80% of success in life is showing up. Oh, uh, that was Woody Allen, I believe, and I ascri- ascribe to that myself. Thank- thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, Morph. Talk to you later. Okay. You ever hear that one, Felix? That was Woody Allen. 80% of life is showing up on time. Not bad. I have heard of it. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right, uh, Felix the Cat. Let's hear what the fans have voted at uh, ESPN 1000. We have a full board of uh, Twitter poll questions, so jump on or I'll seed the clouds for you in a few minutes. Jesse Rogers at 10, talking Cubs. And we'll be back on the Bears beat. Nick Friedel of ESPN 1000 at Soldier Field today. All right, the uh, first Twitter poll. Love to hear the results on this. All right, a friend of yours uh, just contacted you and said, hey, I got some tickets to the Bears game today, noon Soldier Field. You want to come along? Got a couple extra? Bring your uh, friend, your wife, your family, whatever. And you say, absolutely. Free? That's got my name all over it. I'll be there. Or I have vote to be. No, thank you. I'll pass. Thanks for thinking of me. Got other stuff to do today. Boy, this is a tough one. You know, Felix, I know what I'd vote. I go, no thanks. You know, but there's a lot of people that say, you know what? I would love to get out, do something, a lot of money, you know, to buy a ticket. I don't know what they're down to right now, though. Secondary market, they're probably down to about a buck and a half. What the fans uh, vote? Who who came in first and what was who came in second? All right. So we're at 62 percent. Say no thanks. All right. And then 38% say that they would go. Now, I wonder if the announcement had not been made yesterday, last night, that the, none of these starters will be playing. Do you think the numbers would have come out almost Absolutely. the same? No, or? no. Yeah, and, and reverse. Oh, I would okay. think people would actually yeah. go, and then others say no thank you because they also feel that it's meaningless. Yeah, I agree. But Pe- I think those numbers would be just, you know, in reverse. For people sure. wanted to see Trubisky and the offense. Uh, but we heard speculation on this uh, error uh, during the week. What? He'll play Trubisky two quarters and start the first series of the third quarter, right? That's what people were yeah, you know, something like that. Speculating. Yeah, speculating. Sure. sure, that's usually what you see from week se- yeah. uh, preseason three. Yeah, in our case, it would be four, but right. we're treating it like three. And in the Bears' defense, they are the only well, two teams only are playing five exhibition games preseason because they had the Hall of Fame and another wrinkle with the new head coach. The basic agreement with the union also affords one extra week to be uh, used for practice that normally would not, the union wouldn't allow. I think I'm right there also, right? A new head coach gives you one more week. Yes, they, they, were start, able to they meet. start the, their off-season programs a little yeah. earlier. Yep. Yeah, so they have had an extra game compared to other teams and an extra week. But still, I, uh, big shocker last night. We'll continue to break that down. Baseball coming up. And uh, a bunch more of our Twitter poll. We got Cubs talk coming up. Jesse at 10. The big walk. Another walk-off for David Bodie. Unbelievable. 
He's had five home runs with the Cubs. All five have either tied the game or put the Cubs in front. Vote now, back in a flash. It's Murph and Fred at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. ESPN 1000. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning. It's Murph and Fred. Always Murph and Fred. Always 9 till noon on Saturdays. Except for today. No Fred, and we're not on till noon. Fred uh, took the day off. He'll be back next Saturday. And we're going to uh, step aside. Step aside, would you? At 1130 for ESPN uh, National Baseball. Coast to coast. Who do we got today, Daryl Felix? The uh, Yankees at Orioles. All right. That'll be pregame at 1130. So, uh, Jesse in a few minutes. So the Cubs uh, yesterday, another exciting game. How about David Bodie? As I just mentioned, he's had five home runs with the Cubs. All five have either tied the game or put the Cubs in front. Cubs win in 10 innings, 3-2. to two. White Sox had a nice game yesterday also. They win 6-3. Uh, to three. Fred, if Fred were here, go. Sox have won seven of their last 10. Yes, they have. Ricky Renteria returned. Sox rallied for six runs in the eighth inning. Doubles, uh, Mancata, two-run double. Tim Anderson, a two-run double. A RBI double by uh, Polka. It's a Polka party over there. And uh, starting pitcher, Ronaldo Lopez, after two or three bad outings in a row, five and two-thirds, did a nice job. The Cubs stay a game, uh, three games rather, I'm sorry. The Cubs remain in first place in the Central, three ahead of the Cardinals. Three and a half ahead of the Brewers. Cubs still have three games in hand. They've played three fewer games than the Brewers. Two fewer games in St. Louis. In hockey, sometimes that's looked at as good. Hey, we can rack up some more points. In baseball, I don't think it is good. I don't like it with the Cubs having three more games still to play than the Brewers. That means three more games where you don't get to rest your bullpen. Unless, of course, you know, Cole Hamels pitches. Those nine innings every game. So, yesterday, the story, of course, was uh, David Bodie. The story was Daniel Murphy. The story was Alec Mills. Oh, who's going to start in Montgomery's place? Who's going to start Darvish's place? Well, let me talk about Theo for a minute here. Theo has been on fire. The last four weeks, four and a half, five weeks, the acquisitions Theo has made, these are the best four weeks of his career with the Chicago Cubs. But let's back up to yesterday afternoon in case you missed it. The uh, the home run by Daniel Murphy. Here's one of those acquisitions we were just talking about, right? So it's the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Daniel Murphy comes to the plate. By the way, he's now had three multi-hit games. In the three games he's been with the Chicago Cubs. So bottom of the eighth inning, one-to-one. Daniel Murphy, good old number three, steps up to the plate. Let's see what Len Casper has to say. A drive out in the deep right. Daniel Murphy gives the Cubs the lead. Two-to-one. 
What do you need, boys? Two outs, nobody on. You need me to slug? Yeah, I got that. That's part of my plan as well. Third game in a Cub uniform. Two hits in each one. This time a long ball. His first with the Cubs number seven on the year. Earlier, uh, Doug Glanville was talking about the adjustment he made. Moving up on the plate, pulling the ball, hitting it in the air with authority. And there's a great example of it. Your Ford home run replay, a go-ahead home run from Daniel Murphy. Highlights there, NBC Chicago Sports. And uh, let's see what Murph, hey Murph, let's see what Murph's done here. Three games, he's six for 14. That ain't bad, six for 14. Call that 429 batting average. Three runs scored, two ribeyes, and a home run. But that wasn't all the excitement. No, no, that wasn't enough because Stropey comes in, hangs a pitch, and the crowd collectively groans, makes it 2-2 two to two with the home run. Top of the ninth game goes to extra innings. Get to the bottom of the tenth. Contreras says, I'm going to bunt for a hit. I like when he does that. He's just not successful enough. So he bunted uh, not far enough in front of the plate. Catcher throws him out at first. One out. Up comes Bodie. For the second time, David Bodie, he entered the game in the eighth inning as a pinch hitter struck out. Bodie says, you know what? I'm going to put an end to this. I've had enough of this, and I haven't had a uh, walk-off home run in my entire career. And then I had one about a week ago, two weeks ago. Let's do it again. Kid has a knack. Making a habit of this. Unbelievable, this kid. Three to the final in ten innings. He loves the big moment. Well, I mentioned it. Every homer he's hit since his first one has been a dramatic home run. Or a homer to give the team the lead. And with the back-to-back with Rizzo. In the ninth, he had the walk-off against the Nationals, and why not do it again here today? Ford home run replay, David Bodie goes to Waveland. And the highlights remain from our friends over at NBC Sports Chicago. It's a great story, and who knows, he could flame out, crash and burn in another uh, couple weeks or next year. But you know what? You can't look at things negatively like that. If you're a Cub fan... You know, maybe this kid was a late bloomer. Maybe they did. Well, you look at Daniel Murphy. He was never a a hitter like he is now. You look at the Scooter Jeanette, right? There's an obscure name. The Brewers got rid of him. Now he's one of the top hitters in the National League, second baseman with the Reds. So you can never say that. Well, well, you can. You can. Small sample. Don't get excited. I'm not. I understand. And the high fastball looks like the hole in his swing with the uppercut. But you lay one in there, mistake hitter. A lot of guys are... Ryan Sandberg was a mistake hitter. He'll be the first to admit. If you made a mistake with Rhino, boom. Double, home run, base hit. You know, a lot of guys, you can get them out with good pitches. So right now, the uh, Bodie story, 
And his nickname on the back, Boat. You like the nickname deal that players wake, Felix? I do. All right. I do. It's something new. And mm-hmm. um, as usual, the MLB right now is trying to aim towards trying to grab a younger generation. So I think the fact that they can pick nicknames and mm-hmm. put that on the back of their jersey kind of aims towards that. And I like it, especially Javi Baez's nickname, El Mago. Mm-hmm. That was something the fans gave him, and it's been special. So it's pretty cool. Let me ask you this. Why, why can't the... Uh Older fans enjoy the nicknames. I, I know well, what you're saying. The older fans can Speed enjoy it. I'm just saying it's a right. perfect way to aim now yeah. towards another direction. I'm not saying that the older fa- right. older generation can't enjoy it. They, yeah. they, they're more than welcome to enjoy it. I, mean, I, I just think it's a good angle okay. to hit now. All right, that's cool. Now, fans say hi to Felix Reyes, Felix the Cat, Felix longtime Cub fan. Do a great job here uh, whenever you help out uh, on the Murph and Fred show. You're up and down uh, during the week, always uh, right there with the different shows. And I know you've spent a lot of time at Wrigley Field. You know the game. So if I make this statement that the last four weeks, five weeks, have been the best month of Theo Epstein's tenure with the Chicago Cubs. Now, not off the top of your head, yes or no. You know, I don't, But let's look at what we got here, Felix. In the last five weeks, probably more like four and a half, whatever, this is what Theo has done. Call them pickups, call them moves, acquisitions. All right. He picked up Cole Hamels. He's five games with the Cubs, five starts. 4 0. 34 innings pitched, only 24 hits, eight walks, and 30 Ks. I'm not going to give you a lot of numbers. ERA 0.79. ERA sucks. That's for old guys. I'm a young guy. I want the. Oh, you want the whip? You ever been to the racetrack? Show him the whip when it come around the far turn, Felix. Show him the whip. 0.94. Is that good? That's good. That's, that's Hall of Fame good if you do it forever, right? A whip under 1.00 is like uh, automatic Hall of Fame. Hamels, I don't think anyone even Hamels knew he was going to be this good. A baseball guy asked me the other day from out of town. He says, uh, so Hamels, did the uh, Hickey, the uh, pitching coach, work with them? Or did he just decide he felt like playing again? <laughs> Felix? Yeah. Which I, was it? I know, what, I know how I'm voting. Did he, uh, did, the, uh, pit, did the Cubs see something? You know, like the last three, four months they've been watching. Oh, look at this. His elbow this, his arm this, his, his uh, strides this. He's not, he's opening up all that baloney, right? We can fix him. Well, they couldn't fix Chatty, and they, you know, but anyway. Or did he just say, you know what, I think I'm going to start pitching again because I got a little tired <laughs> there playing for the Rangers. And this is not disrespectful. I don't mean it to be because a lot of, you know. You're a major league player. You're making $20 million. But your human nature after four or five years or whatever he was in Texas in the heat and the team's not doing well, it's tough to get fired up. Not that you're dogging it or lollygagging it, right? But which would you vote for? Uh, the Cubs found something or he just said, all right, let's get rolling, man. I think the Cubs found something because some thought that he was already towards the tail end of the road and probably uh, Cubs brass up there and uh, uh-huh. Hickey, they probably looked at each other and were like, well, if we pull off a trade, I'm sure we can get something working with him again. 
Because he's been stellar. He's you surprised been me. I thought great. I, I would have, if we had that as a Twitter poll, I bet you'd be 95%. He felt all of a sudden like, hey, let's get my ball rolling again. I'm back in the action, man. I'm going to fire up. Man, but that rough patch that he had with Texas lasted a while. I think it was a few months, right? Since like early May or so. You really like, think he, the Cubs uh, pitching, excuse me, you really think the Cubs found something? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of people were really, Yeah, I don't think a lot of people were really going crazy to trade for Hamels. And even then, when we traded for him, the hopes as a Cubs fan was that he could bounce back. And you know, the the story was right. hopefully he's the Justin Verlander of last year. And so far, he's yeah. looked just as good as that, right? Or even better. Me? So he, I don't know. Me? He just not that he was cashing it in, not that he was dogging it, nothing like that. Not that he was lollygagging, nothing like that. I just feel that it's human nature. Four and a half years, you're down there, nothing's happening, and you just don't get quite the adrenaline's just not flowing. Not to say he was dogging it or lollygagging it, you know. But uh, anyway, let's catch up on a few things. It's Murph and Fred, everyone on hold. We'll get right to you. Here's Theo's best month of his Cubs career. Hamels, Chavez, Kinsler, De La Rosa, Murphy. And bringing up Alec Mills. Vote right now. We have active Twitter poll questions going. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. Back in a flash. Vote at ESPN 1000. All right. Busy day. Lots happening. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. Murph and Fred. Till uh, noon, 1130 today. Fred with the day off. He'll be back next Saturday. Vote now. Twitter poll, which is in action, is who has surprised Theo Epstein the most this year? A, B, C, or D? Cole Hamels. Daniel Murphy. You Darvish. Javi Baez. Who has surprised Theo the most this year? We'll visit with Jesse and cover everything Cubs in a few minutes. Let's bring in Felix the Cat Reyes. And uh, Felix, uh, let's see now. Our Twitter poll from the last half hour, the Bears story is, uh, and we'll be back on the Bears beat uh, in a little while. Nick Friedel covering the uh, Bears game at Soldier Field for ESPN 1000 today. Uh, Nikki Friedel will join us a little bit later in the show. Our Twitter poll was vote at A, uh, A, B, C, or D. The Bears, well, they're sitting all the regulars today. A, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mitchie True needs all the reps he can get at quarterback. B, dumbest thing I've ever heard. The whole team is learning new schemes under a new head coach and many new coaches. C, Smart move for once by the Bears. This avoids injuries. Or D, smart move by the Bears. All these preseason exhibition games are meaningless anyway. All right, Felix, what the fans say? Why don't you do them from the bottom up? What was what came in last? Last came in dumb new scheme reps. Oh, hold on now. So, how many? What was the percentage on that? Ten percent. Only ten percent said this is a bad move to not start the regulars, uh, even though there's a lot to learn by the uh, players. All right, what came in next from the bottom? Twenty-one percent say smart, meaningless game. Hmm. 
This is getting even more interesting. Yep. So that leaves dumb. Trubisky needs all the reps he can get. And that leaves smart. This will avoid all the injuries. And we still have about 60% of the votes out there. What do we got? All righty. We have 25% saying smart, avoid injuries. And the winning vote. And then forty-three percent say dumb. Trubisky needs reps. So it's obvious. We know what Bears fans want. They want to see Trubisky out there, learning. You know, learning from this new scheme and want him getting all the reps they can get. As Mark Potash was talking about a little while ago, join us from the Sun Times. He's heading over to Soldier Field. This is a big move by rookie head coach. When you think about it, all of a sudden now Matt Nagy has opened himself up to criticism big time. If opening day in Green Bay, opening night, whatever, if Mitchie T doesn't look ready to go, Trubisky, uh, well, yeah, you were the dumb coach that didn't play him in the final two preseason games. And you had a thought about, before we take a break so, for Jesse Rogers, about Kevin White. I do. I have a thought on Kevin White. And really back, um, really quick here, piggyback of what you said about the whole Matt Nagy making this as a rookie head coach. Sean McVay also did the same thing last year. He's also the head coach of the Rams, who many teams or, or many people, many fans want to see the Bears be the new Rams, you know, this upcoming year. So it obviously works for them, and that's what many are hoping. But, yeah, Rams rookie head coach last year, Sean McVay, sat all his starters in the third week of the preseason as well. Good stuff. Thanks, Felix. Going to take a break. Vote right now. Uh, who has surprised Theo the most this year? Cole Hamels, Daniel Murphy, you Darvish, or Javi Baez. And when Jesse joins us, we'll ask him. The last four weeks, have they been the best four weeks of Theo Epstein's tenure with the Cubs? He has been on fire with the new acquisitions. All that and more. It's a Murph and Fred show back in a flash. Jesse next, ESPN 1000. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Welcome back, our number two. One minute away from Jesse Rogers, the little guy, talking Cubs baseball. Nick Friedel joins us around a little. Nick Friedel, Murph, we don't care about the Bulls. Ah, Nicky Free's going to be at Soldier Field covering the Bears with the big uh, shocking story. I believe it was pretty shocked me. It shocked me. Bears not playing any of the regulars, uh, the starters, uh, in the final two exhibition games. Preseason, if you will. Sorry, Mr. NFL. Let's take a look at your votes. I can't wait. And Jesse, if you're uh, calling in, eavesdrop. Who has surprised Theo the most this year? And you had four options to vote. Who has surprised Theo Epstein the most this year? Cole Hamels. Daniel Murphy, it's only three games. You Darvish or Javi Baez. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Let's bring in Felix the Cat. Felix, what the fans say? 30 seconds away from Jesse. Give me the quickie here from the bottom to the top. Who surprised Theo the most this year? What the fans vote fourth? 
2% say Daniel Murphy. All right, too soon to tell. Are they, I guess they figured, oh, we knew he was going to be all right. Next up the ladder from the bottom. 24% are saying Javi Baez. Oh, yeah, they already knew. Yeah, yeah, they already knew what he could do. All right, next. 29% Cole Hamels. Okay. And 45% you Darvish. You has surprised him the most. Well, it's Saturday. Cubs are already at the park. Lineups are out. Baseball guy follows the Cubs. Jesse Rogers, nice enough to check in on the Murph and Fred show. Fred with the day off. He'll be back next week. Feels like a party every day. It's Jesse. Hey, Jess. Murph, good to talk to you alone. Get that Fred <laughs> out of there. Let's get him out of here. But, uh, you know, I would have a question for him if he was there. Yeah. Since he's the, he's the guy that doesn't believe managers make that big of a difference. And, and rarely do we have evidence in, in some ways to to judge uh, managers, right? Mm -hmm. But in this case, I think with the St. Louis Cardinals, we have some evidence, don't you think? Uh, Managers do make a difference, or in this case, maybe it was uh, addition by subtraction, since they've surged since basically the day they replaced Mike Matheny. You and I, I managers do make a difference, and you're seeing it in St. Louis, and I think you're seeing it, of course, with the Cubs. You know my feelings on Joe. He's all they manage. Uh, the good ones definitely make a difference. And what about the uh, team the Cubs are facing this weekend? Jim Riggleman, he's been managing now on and off for 20 years. Don't have the numbers in front of me, but the Reds were in the tank. And I think since uh, Riggs took over, they're what, near 500, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. They are. He's been great. I mean, there are guys, look, you and I have been around a long time. There are guys that you, you look at, you watch, you, you even get to know in our case. And, and you, they either get it or they don't, uh, and he gets it. And they're good or they're not, he's good. Now, I'm not saying he, Jim Riggleman's going to the Hall of Fame, but you talk to anybody in baseball that's been around Jim Riggleman, he knows what he's doing. He gets it. Again, is he the greatest of all time? That doesn't matter. But can he competently lead your team to where it needs to go, at least max out the talent? The answer is yes, and that's why you, you scratch your head. Even Dusty Baker being replaced in Washington – Look what's happened to them. Now, I'm not saying uh, that, that it's all Davey's fault, and it's the only reason they got there is because it's du- it was Dusty. But sometimes when you have someone that helps you and get to where you want to go, it's, you, know, you should think twice about replacing him. And I guess that, that brings us back to Joe Madden, where you know, sometimes he does get a lot of criticism. The grass is always greener before, mm-hmm. uh, until you get there sometimes, Murph, right? The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence until you get there. And then you realize maybe the guy you had was was just as good as anybody you could probably get. Well, I've been watching the Cubs since uh, and before the College of Rotating Head Coaches when they didn't even have a manager for four years. And Joe Madden, far and away the best Cubs manager, in my opinion, that the team has ever had. Uh, Here's a sidebar I didn't think we'd get to, but a lot of talk this week. Joe has one more year left, Jesse, on the five-year deal. And people say, well, you know what, uh, you know, let him go after the fifth year, maybe, uh, you know, one year. People, and, and again, that's not going to be our 10, 15 minutes here, but I, sure. I find it amazing uh, that uh, print and, uh, and uh, hosts and uh, fans, uh, they just, they need someone to, you know, pound on. And uh, Joe's like, anyway, let's forget that. So uh, yesterday, uh, another exciting game. Game at Wrigley Field. The uh, 
A home run by uh, new new Cub Daniel Murphy puts him up by two to one in the bottom of the eighth. Stroper hangs one. Boom, two to two. Extra innings and uh, the exciting walk off uh, by uh, Bodie. Uh, five home runs for him. Uh, all five have either put the team ahead by one or tied the game. The Cubs open the day today in first place. Three games in front of the uh, Cardinals. Three and a half games in front of Milwaukee. And Jesse, uh, my topic uh, this uh, last hour, other than the uh, shocking Bears announcement that none of the starters will play this week or final week, is Theo Epstein. I believe the last four weeks, four and a half, five weeks, has been the best month of his career as a Chicago Cub president, general manager, picking up Cole Hamels. We went through the numbers. They're unbelievable. Uh, in the bullpen, Chavez, he got the uh, win yesterday. He's been unbelievable. Kinsler, he's been hot and cold, but he's a, a veteran arm that you can roll out there and usually not be embarrassed. He's picked up De La Rosa, a lefty who'd started for years uh, with the Rockies and wherever, and now more than maybe a loogie left-handed one-out guy, but, you know, a veteran guy out there. Uh, Alec Mills, and uh, I don't know, Felix, look, how'd they get Alec Mills, or maybe Jesse knows, I believe it was a minor league deal with the Royals. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, that's exactly right. Is that right, Jesse? And they bring yeah. him up, and we'll talk about his unbelievable start yesterday. And Daniel Murphy picked up uh, just four or five days ago, three games with the Cubs. He's six for 14 at the plate. That's a 429 batting average. He's got the big home run yesterday. He's had three games in a row with uh, double, you know, double figure hits. Two hits, two hits, two hits. Jesse, uh, and it's hard to look back over a three, uh, 30 day period, but off the top of my head, you got to say that this is the best month Theo's had since he took over. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and forget the actual deals and the scouting that goes involved and all that stuff for a moment. And just the fact that he recognized for a first place team, they needed to make some changes. Uh, remember, when he trades for Cole Hamels, he's probably still thinking there's a shot you Darvish is coming back, yet he knows he has to make that deal. When they pick, and the Murphy claim was, was one of the best in terms of recognizing. Recognition. You know how we sometimes uh, uh, you know, get, uh, get upset with front office guys and managers? Oh, they fell in love with their own guys. They, 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 they love Addison Russell too much. They love how the, these are their guys. They're going to go down. The, in the, uh, uh, the ship's going to go down. They're going to go down with the ship with these guys. Well, that wasn't the case. He recognized, despite a good first half offensively, something was wrong in the second half. And I said the same thing. I love that offense in the first half, but there was something missing since the All-Star break. Not just those five games, Murph, where they scored a single run. Something was off, and they recognized they needed an injection, an energy, whatever it is, an infusion, uh, another professional hitter. And they said, let's pivot. Instead of going with our the same position players we've done for four years here, not making any changes. We're going to insert a veteran into this lineup and shake things up, and someone's going to lose playing time, even when you know Russell comes back from this injury. It's probably going to be him. Um, I, that's, that's, to me, the most impressive thing. They recognized a problem for a first-place team that had good numbers across the board offensively, but not in the smaller sample size that is 
since the All-Star break, and they made the change. So I like that a lot. They didn't just fall in love with their guys and stay with them. Great point, Jesse Rogers, for a few minutes talking Cubs. Phone lines jumping. Slide a call or two in before we spring Jesse on his busy day. But you're right, uh, Daniel Murphy to replace Russell and, you know, and Bryant to a degree to get another bat right. in there. And uh, with Darvish and Chetwood, he says, Hamels, they target him. You know, a, a lot of this, is, we're not going to get into the minutiae of waiver claims in that. Uh, we saw yesterday that the Brewers claimed Harvey to block the Cubs if the Cubs wanted him. It's a sort of a complicated uh, way it all works, but point is, they probably never wanted him. They, they claimed him, then they wouldn't work out a deal with the Reds, but it stopped the Cubs from getting him. However, no one wanted to claim Murphy because of the money involved. There's about, what, $3.5 million the Cubs pay Murphy that the Washington uh, Nets don't have to pay over, what, uh, six weeks. A lot of teams said, you know, we don't want to block him we could get then have him put to us uh, like the calls and puts in the uh, exchange you know i bought a call i sold a put the put means they put it to you like the time kenny uh, williams got uh rios put to him so no one wanted to claim or block murphy and no one wanted to claim or block this is my opinion hamels because you might get him put to you and you know what we don't have that four million dollars ricketts put a lot of money out for Theo, for these two guys, right? Absolutely, 100%. And just think about the decision this offseason. If Hamels keeps pitching like this, how can Theo not go to Ricketts and say, look, we got to pick up this $20 million? Or, as I think I said to you last week, mm-hmm. the other option is you go behind the scenes to his agent and say, hey, let's rip this $20 million up. We'll give you two years at $32 million. So we spread it out a little bit. You get more over two years, but less per year, or maybe three years for all I know. But how, how do you not go to Ricketts and say, we've got to spend some money on Cole Hamels if he keeps this up? I don't think there's any 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 chance you can't. You you have to do it. But credit to him. They added Hamels' salary for this year. They added Murphy's salary. You're so right. Your, your poll question about who has surprised Theo the most, I think it's easily Hamels. However... Mm. The fact that Murphy got all the way to them was probably the most surprising thing to Theo Epstein. The Rockies are, I, 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 were, is a team that could have used him. Now, maybe not at second base. They would have had to move some people around, maybe put him at first. But there are teams that could have used Daniel Murphy besides the Cubs. Who? I mean, tell me the teams who couldn't use him, right? He's a professional uh, great hitter. So uh, great move by them to get him, great move to spend on him. And uh, kudos all around. Like you said, the last 30 days, pretty darn good for Theo and company. And the other, and you're spot on everywhere, and you're right about Hamels. We won't backtrack to that. But he's a $20 million a year guy. Maybe, you, like you say, oh, here's what we offer you. We're going to offer you a, a $15 million for uh, 2019, $15 million for 2020. You said 32. That's 30. What, right in the ballpark? I see him getting the uh, two-year extension, or not really an extension call what you want, re-doing uh, the contract. Hamels must come back. 
The uh, lineups are in for today. We'll cover those in a minute. Try to get to the phones. Jesse on a short leash here, a couple more minutes. Uh, we will get back into Bears beat with Nick Friedel at the top of the hour. Nick Friedel, your Bulls guy? And he's also our Bears guy. He'll be at Soldier Field uh, today. Good field, no hit. We went through this last week, Jesse. A little ahead of time, you maybe were thinking of, uh, oh, yeah, Murph and Fred show last Saturday. And Russell. And you know what? We all owe a little bit of a, I don't know, tip of the hat might be the wrong word. Apology might be the wrong word. But Addison Russell, I went back, and I'm sure you had it too, but I stumbled onto Gordon Wittenmeyer's piece first, Jesse. June 7. June 7. Russell to the DL? Question mark. The Cubs are nearing decision time. June 7. And uh, Addison Russell, if he'll go in the DL or not, because of left middle finger, he injured Sunday in New York on a swing. He has MRI, yada, yada. Uh, he has, he never, uh, best of my knowledge, I don't think he ever went on the DL. And the guy's been playing with a bum hand for two two-plus months right now. And, you know, I we were all saying, we well, can't hit. What the hell's wrong with them? You know, what the heck's going on here? And Darvish, you know, now we find out the MRI has showed whatever it is. There is something there in the elbow. It was weird. There wasn't much talk about how come the Cubs didn't find this during their medical back in February. Darvish had one little interesting thing through the translation, Jesse. He said, I'm glad that they finally found it you know i think it was the second but i think it might have been the third mri i think it was his guy down in texas they also implied that the uh, the dye contrast whatever the medical phrase is had not maybe been put in the first two the whole thing i i couldn't understand it but there was speculation at least in my mind that uh how come this wasn't discovered uh, until now or do you think i'm reading too much into that well, I don't think it developed until he started pitching during the season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he was healthy through eight starts. All he actually right. threw well in his final start. So the feeling is it developed as he pitched here in the in the early portion of the okay. year. Uh, and the MRI, they didn't put the dye in because that's an invasive process that sets you back. So mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't use the dye right. the first, the arthrogram it's called. Okay. So, I, you know, who knows? I mean, it is, it's a little bit of a mess with him all year long. There's no doubt. I, I, I'm, I still believe pitching into Game 7 of the World Series is right. going to have an effect on you the next year, and that is the ultimate reason yeah. for what went down. You had a he good down. Uh, you mentioned that he earlier this week. I even have the sound bad for later in the well, show. I even, I even asked you, Darvish, through his interpreter the question. They didn't understand the question, so hmm. I never got an answer. Because players know their bodies, right, better than yeah. anyone. And, and pitcher, pitchers know their arms. So I thought I, I would ask him, knowing your, how you, you, you know your arms so well, when when uh, when you came back in spring training, did you feel as strong? He looked as strong. He threw ninety six, but did you feel as strong as you normally do after pitching so late into the year? And they didn't quite understand the question. But I, I that's my feeling. Again, Morrow and Darvish both pitched into Game Seven of the World Series. They're both hurting this year. To me, that that yeah. that's no coincidence. I uh, will slide a quick call in for Jesse, then spring him. So late in the game yesterday, Hap is moved out to right field. He's wearing the uh, Players Weekend nickname or whatever they call it, Happer on his back, right? H-A-P-P-E-R. I'm thinking if you could just take like a silver Sharpie or a white uh, Sharpie and change that second P to an R, 
First Peter, you would have you have Harper in right field. I can look at the, is that Harper? Oh no, it's Harper. The lineups are in, and there's no David Bodie. John from Wrigleyville wants to ask Jesse why. Hey, John, jump in. Go. Hey, we're best friends on Twitter. What's going on, man? I am in the South Lot, Soldier Field, tailgating for the Bears game today. Having a great day. Hey, I want to talk about one thing. I know there's always the excuse that we're, you know, we're just resting players for the postseason. David Bodie got a call up, hit the walk off, and now he's benched. What's up with that, Jesse? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate your call. That Joe Madden, he doesn't play the play the hot pony. You gotta play the hot pony, Jesse, or or no. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Now, what did Bodie do throughout the game? I don't I, I wasn't there yesterday. I don't know his stat line for the game, but it doesn't matter. Madden doesn't doesn't pivot from the lineups he sets up ahead of time. Right. He knew what he, he knew what his lineup was going to be a couple days ago for today's game. Now, he'll pivot once in a while if a guy is really hot. Like remember when Lestella last year got like five starts in a row because he was really hot. Now Bodie would have to be really hot to pivot from this rotation he's on. Um, it's the age old question with Joe Madden. Are guys uh, uh, producing because of the matchups he's putting them in, or are they producing because they're good and they're going to produce no matter what? So he feels today, Hap is the better matchup at third, combined with rest, combined with his lineup for tomorrow and the next day. You know, it's all it's all part of one thing. But in terms of just hitting the walk off, right? Look, he didn't he didn't start the day after the other walk off. <laughs> no. He ain't going to start the day after this one unless he was scheduled to. That's just the way Joe works. It, it, it does go against conventional thinking, going back to the old days. Hey, if you do something like that, you you, you earn a start the next day. But it, but I, and I don't know the answer, Murph. Is that a real thing? Do you deserve a start because you hit the home run no, last night, even no. if it's a bad no, one? No, 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 no. I mean, take take a tough lefty on lefty. You know, today. You know that's because that's the easier argument. Like, yeah. let's say Lacella hit the walk off last night, and there's a tough lefty today. Should Lacella be starting? That's an extreme example. This is less extreme because Bodie can start against righties or lefties. But this is just how Joe operates. You're going to have to live with it because it's been four years like this. He's Jesse <laughs> Rogers. And, uh, Jesse, I understand you're running around with the uh, players' uh, weekend uniform uh, and uh, your nickname on the back. Try not to suck. <laughs> yes, uh, that's exactly what I have on the back. I wish, I wish, I wish Joe had on the back so to advertise nice. some more books, for God's sake. But uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm at a softball tryouts for my ten year old today. Nice, uh, my ten year old girl, girl trying out for softball. Nice. Um, so hopefully she does well, and um, I'm, uh, maybe I'll be coaching softball next summer. Who knows? Cool. And and my player's uniform says on the back, "Buy Jesse's book." Darn it. <laughs> Thanks, Murph. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. It. Thanks. See you later. Talk Jesse, to you later. Jesse Rogers, little guy. Let's get back to the phone lines. Jesse had to run right there. But Andy uh, is in uh, Montgomery, not Mike in Montgomery. Hey, man, Andy. Hey, buddy. Hey, Murph. How you doing, sir? Good. Sorry, Jesse had to break away, but you got some Cubs chatter. Go ahead, my friend. I do. So... If I had to weigh in on your poll, your choices were what? Bodie, Darvish, Hamels, and Baez? Yeah, let me reset quick for people just tuning in. Andy, uh, the votes were in. Who surprised Theo the most this year? Now, Andy, let the record show. We only have four slots here for the uh, multiple choice. Who surprised Theo the most? 
Uh, Cole Hamels, Daniel Murphy, Hugh Darvish, Javi Baez. Hugh Darvish uh, ran away with the vote, almost 50%. But if I had a fifth uh, slot there, uh, what say you? I would have to say it would be Tyler Chatwood. And this is why. You know, he had his, – his ERA is not great over the last couple of years. You know, we're talking, you know, 2014, obviously he didn't play in 15. So, 4-5-387-469, you know, nothing to write home about but not horrible. But this year he has more walks than he has had in his entire career. He's up to like 93 walks. Leads all of baseball too, by the way. Go ahead. Sorry? Go ahead. No, yeah. So he's, you know, he's got 93 walks this year, and his career high before that was 77. So it's not, you know, we're not breaking the bank with paying him by any means. But you 13 know, million go, times three ain't chicken feed, but go ahead. Exactly. So, you know, I would have to say Tyler, Chat, Tyler Chatwood would be the most surprising um, as far as, you know, All left right. down Theo. Uh-huh. And, uh, All right. Oh, you're breaking it out there. Thank you, Andy. Here's what I'll never forget. Felix, he's got the best road ERA over the last two years in baseball other than any, everyone other than Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw. Remember how many times we heard that? Also, his numbers were also really good at Wrigley, and that hasn't been the case this year, too. Get him away from Colorado in a boom-boom <laughs> ball. See, here's another example. And uh, we love all our cars, and Andy's spitting out the numbers there. See, sometimes, and Theo's had the best month of, of his Cubs run right now. Here's the thing. You can't just look at the numbers in the wintertime. All the numbers, look at these numbers, like Felix said, and the road ERA. And, well, you know what? He didn't have something. And it's something the numbers couldn't produce. And we don't know what. We don't know if it was... The heart. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know if it was, oh, boy, you know what? I've never had pressure games like this before. You just don't know. Quintana's never had pressure games like this. He's pitching today. We'll find out. But you got to also know about the guy. And Theo always says, well, it's 50% our boots on the ground, you know, our scouts. And it's 50% the numbers. All right, well, you know what? I think they also said, we know something we can do with Chatwood. We see something in the video. We see something we can change. Well, you know what? Not only couldn't they, but maybe they did change something and made it worse. If you notice his last outing, when he couldn't find a plate again, now he's never pitching. He wasn't pitching from the windup. With no one on base. Had him back in the stretch. And they're trying to get rid of that triple little wrist thing. Zip, 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 with his glove in his hand just before he releases the ball. You know, zip, 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 zip. Well, they got doesn't matter. So it's not the motion. It's not the wind-up. It's nothing to do with the mechanics. In my opinion, it was all something to do with things they did not have numbers on. But anyway, you know what? Numbers work most of the time. Not all the time. I know we're running late. Hey, when we catch up, we'll get back. Got some White Sox talk. Staying with the Cubs. Lineups are in. And 11 o'clock, back on the Bears beat. But Nick Friedel, he's a big baseball fan, so we'll spread all fields. Nick's at Soldier Field. Vote now. We're back in a flash. Vote. We've got a bunch of Twitter poll questions on board right now. Want to get your responses. Vote at ESPN 1000.
Miller. Cubs win. Cubs win. David Bodie again. Kid has a knack. Making a habit of this. Unbelievable, this kid. Three to the final in ten innings. He loves the big moment. Well, I mentioned it. Every homer he's hit since his first one has been a dramatic home run. Or a homer to give the team the lead. And with the back-to-back with Rizzo in the ninth, he had the walk-off against the Nationals. And why not do it again here today? Ford home run replay. David Bodie goes to Waveland. Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Fred said, Murph, I need a day off. I, I gotta get away. I can't do this. Fred will be back next Saturday. It's Murph and Fred. I'm Mike Murphy. Normally 9 till noon. Gonna step aside a little earlier today around 11.30 for an ESPN national uh, baseball game. Yankees and uh, Felix. Yankees and... Uh, Yankees at Orioles. Oh, that'll be a good one. Coming down the uh, line here. Uh, let's take a look. In a minute, we're gonna... You know what? Let's take a look at a Twitter poll we have not set up, but it's been online uh, for about three hours. Ozzy Gian. Will he ever manage the uh, White Sox again? Was the Twitter poll question. Ozzy Gian. Will he ever manage the White Sox again? Ah, Murph, what are you bringing this up for? There's usually always a reason when we do something here. Yes or no? Not do you like Ozzy? Do you like Ozzy, this, Ozzy. Here we got, I know Cub fans vote. They don't like Ozzy. So the results, and we know that. That's okay. They're often skewed a little bit. But uh, just in general, uh, hopefully everybody voted, uh, you know, with a uh, clearer mind as to the question. No, 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 I don't like that guy. That's not the question. Do you like Ozzy or not? <laughs> Will he ever manage the Sox again? Yes or no? What was the winning vote there, Felix the Cat? All right. The winning vote was 78% say no. Mm-hmm. 22% and say yes. Probably about right. You know, it's probably about right. Yeah, because the question is like how you said. It's mm-hmm. will he ever manage, not if you would like him to manage. Yeah. Maybe that's a different... Maybe that's a different yeah. uh, spin to it because yeah, people point. would probably say yes. Mm-hmm. They would like to see him back. Mm-hmm. All right. For the tenth time this year, something happened in a White Sox game the other day. All right. For the tenth time, there was a uh, base runner that wasn't given a hundred percent. All right. And uh, there have been documented ten times this year. Where a Sox runner, you know, respect 90, that was the Joe Madden phrase. But, you know, that's been around forever. Run it out. Here was a play. It was the day game Thursday. And the uh, the Sox had runners on uh, first and second. All right. No big deal, right? There's a base hit to center. All right. Happens all the time. Runner on second was uh, Sanchez. Runner on first, I believe, was Tim Anderson. A little irrelevant, but I think... So the base hit the center, and uh, Sanchez on second is, you know, rounding third, heading home for a uh, run, score a run. But now there are two out. And 
what happens is the runner on first, inexplicably, that's uh, uh, was it Tim Anderson? Is that on right field? Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, matter, but the runner on first says, I'm going to go from first to third on that base at the center with two out. Well, the center fielder surprised everybody, including Sanchez and Tim Anderson, because he threw to third. Okay, Murph, what's the big deal? Well, out at third before Sanchez made it home from second base. So the third out of the inning at third base on Anderson going first to third. And the run doesn't count. Why? Sanchez was dogging it. He did not run full out. Let's go to NBC Chicago Sports and listen to a uh, call here. Jason Benetti, Steve Stone. And uh, so again, first and second, two out. Base hit to center. Looks like that run's going to score. Lamar pokes it to center field, and this is down for a hit. Sanchez around third. Throw going into third is in time. No run. Sanchez did not score in time, says Phil Cuzzy at the plate. And it remains a 2-0 score on the timing play at the dish. Sox are going to ask to review this, you would imagine. Well, they'll absolutely take another look at it. It was very close at the plate. All right, so we have synced it up. We believe that he did not score in time. When's the tag down? Right now. And there it is. So the Sox will not get a run in a two-hit, one-walk inning. And we will play bottom five after this. Sox don't score in the top of the inning. On the timing play at the plate, Tim Anderson thrown out at third. Sanchez did not score in time, and so the Sox remain scoreless. Let's take a look. And for all you young players, here's an object lesson. Never, never let up. Nomer stopped twice. Could not pick it up back in time. Griner saying he was out at third base before Yolmer scored. Don't take a run for granted. Even if the play is not on you, you have to continue to run as hard as you can because behind you, one of the trailers on the play might get thrown out and your run does not count, and that's what happened to Yolmer. All right. Here's what happened. The player decided not to run hard. And, you know, it happens. Isolated here and there. Oh, Murph, you're a Cub fan. Oh, you're out of... No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's just look at what happened, okay? Many Cubs have dogged it, too, and we've talked about it. So, ixnay on that nay, okay? This is the tenth time, at least, that this has happened to the White Sox this year. Many, many of those occurrences, Ricky Renteria benched the player immediately or when the next half inning, you know, didn't want to embarrass him. Like if he had made it to second, but dogged, I said, cut you out of the game. No, wait until he came in the dugout. Then the manager usually says, is, is your leg hurting? No, it's not. No, Ricky, no. Well, then then you better go to your locker. You're out of the game. Or your leg hurts, you're out of the game, too. So how does it happen ten times? There's only one of two things. How does it happen ten times? that the Sox players have decided not to run hard. After that's been like the number one thing that Renteria has pounded into their head from day one. Either A or B. Either A, they're just dumb, they can't remember, or B, they don't care. All right. Now, if it's B and they don't care, why don't they care? 
could be a lot of reasons. But the one you have to consider if you're Jerry Reinsdorf and if you're Rick Hahn. Does Kenny Williams still have a vote? Why does he still have a vote? Here's what happens. For some reason, the White Sox players, if it's B, not that they're dumb and stupid, but B, they don't care. That they're out there lollygagging all the time. One of the reasons has to be they've put the manager and the coaches, they call it in, in baseball, the staff. The staff. They put the staff on the pay-no-mind list. The pay-no-mind list. Now, they all appear to sort of like Ricky. I don't know. Never been in the locker room. Even if you're in the locker room, you wouldn't know. They either don't listen to Ricky, or they like Ricky, but they still don't listen to him. I believe they like Ricky, but for some reason, they don't fear him, if that's the right word. They like him. But they're disrespecting him, they're disrespecting the ball team, they're disrespecting the organization, and they're disrespecting the White Sox fans. Now, how long is this going to go on? We're continually... Now, Ricky was, and he's back, he looks like everything's fine, we wish him everything be fine with the health. Um, McEwing, or whatever his name is, the third base coach was interim. He opted not to take Sanchez out of the game. Ricky's done that before with sometimes, sometimes you don't. You, know, you just can't take players out. Maybe you got no one to go in or whatever, right? But if they are not listening to the coaches and the manager on the pay-no-mind list, now you got a problem. Now you have a real problem. Ozzie Gein, will he ever manage the Sox again? What were the numbers on that again there, uh, Felix? I'm sorry, I tried to write. No, it's okay. The numbers were 78% no, 22% say yes. All right. So am I saying that uh, the current staff is on thin ice? Yes, I believe they are. And I believe that if the reason that these White Sox players got the manager and the coaches on the pay-no-mind list, they're just, they don't fear them, they don't care, they like them. Yeah, maybe they like them, maybe they don't. How do I know? Now you got a big problem. Now say what you want about Ozzy, But they fear him. Learn this, because I believe it to be true. A manager or a head coach, no matter what sport it is, they had to have two things. The players have to respect them, and they have to fear them. I don't mean fear that he's going to come up and punch you in the nose. Though you ask Cub players that played for Don Zimmer, they respected him, his knowledge, his, you know, his way he ran a game. And they feared him because of... Well, you know what? He's got a metal plate in his head. Well, he didn't. He had some sort of wooden cork-type plugs from brain surgery back in you know when he was a player. But they feared him, and they said the only way you really can fear your manager, your head coach, he takes away your playing time. You know, takes you out of the lineup. Or maybe you really are afraid he's going to come out and pop you. <laughs> yeah, but boom. Which I don't advocate. Not that Ozzy would do that. But, you know, Ozzy's a little... He's got a short fuse. Now, what would you think if I said that the owner of the White Sox loves Ozzy? So, see, I wouldn't rule out this Ozzy again. Will he ever manage the Sox again? But why, why isn't he managing the Sox? 
Well, we know that there's three votes over at uh, the white room with black curtains uh, near the station. And we know there's three votes over there. We're... With black curtains <laughs> near the station. Thank you, Felix. Thank you. Yes, we know that there's three votes in the white room with black curtains by the station. And they are, obviously, the owner, the president, and the general manager. The rebuild. Remember the story about the rebuild? Two of the three wanted to rebuild and one didn't. That's what was speculated and I believe to be true. Reinsdorf said, yes, let's do the rebuild. And Rick Hahn said, yes, let's do the teardown rebuild. And Kenny voted no. And two to, out of three in the owner. Okay, rebuild. So let's look at this. Let's say that Ozzie Guillen right now is the right guy for this team next year. And let's assume, as I believe to be true, Jerry Reinsdorf wants him. Now, the other two votes... Why does Kenny even still have a vote? That's not my department. Could it be that two of the three votes don't want Ozzy? Kenny says, no, no, no. Rick said, no, 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 no. Now, would Jerry overrule? I don't know. Jerry's not that type of guy. But he's the owner. Why wouldn't Rick Hahn vote yes? I'm not saying he's voted yes or no, that there's even been a vote. How do I know? I hope Rick Hahn would not vote no because of, I don't know if I can handle him, man. I don't know if I, Ozzy will take over. Ozzy will tell me what to do. I'm not saying that's a fact, but you got to work all these out. Knowing sports over the last number of years that you've been watching sports, you don't, you never know if that manager, if he's, see, Theo was not afraid to hire men. But a lot of general managers, they don't want to have a field man. Joe Girardi, oh, man. If I hire Joe Girardi, I can't, t- I can't tell him here's the guy we're bringing in. He's going to tell me what to do. So I'll just say this for the White Sox. The rebuild looks like it's on schedule, maybe a year behind. Ricky Renteria might be your guy. He might not. But if you continually have these base, these ball players. Disrespecting the game, disrespecting you, disrespecting the fans, disrespecting the organization, not hustling, you know, lollygaggers that they are, you know what? If you surround yourself with these lollygaggers, you're going to find out why they are lollygagging. You lollygag the ball around the infield. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygag. That didn't sound like Ricky Renteria. Didn't sound like uh, Moncada or Sanchez either. Or Tim Anderson or Avi. (laughs) They've all done it. Anyway, hey, we'll get back on the uh, Cubs beat. Top of the hour. Stick around. Our guy Nick Friedel. Double duty covering the uh, Bears game. We'll get back on the Bears beat. The... uh, Blockbuster story of the day. We covered it quite a bit. We'll get right back to it. The Bears have announced, no, we're not playing any of the starters, the regulars, the final two games. What are the ramifications of this? What does that do to Trubisky? And is this this the beginning of the end of the NFL 
preseason exhibition world as we know it. Pretty soon, five years, ten years, two years, there won't be any of these. You watch, there'll be none. Murph and Fred, Fred on vacation back next week, back in a flash. Vote now. Got a lot of Twitter poll questions out there for you at ESPN 1000. To us, nobody on. You need me to slug? Yeah, I got that. That's part of my plan as well. Third game in a Cub uniform. Two hits in each one. This time a long ball. His first with the Cubs number seven on the year. Earlier, uh, Doug Glanville was talking about the adjustment he made. Moving up on the plate, pulling the ball, hitting it in the air with authority. And there's a great example of it. Your Ford home run replay. A go-ahead home run from Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy, home run, puts Cubs up 2-1, to one, bottom of the eighth. Stropey comes in, coughs up a, a hanging uh, home run, and the Cubs get the walk-off from Daniel Bodie. They win 3-2 to two. highlight there, courtesy of the uh, guys over at Gals over at NBC Chicago Sports. Murph and Fred, Fred back next week, couple minutes away from uh, Nick Friedeld. He's at Soldier Field. He also loves talking baseball. Daniel Murphy... What a pickup so far. I guess this is as small a sample size as you can have, right? Three games. But, you know, if you watch Daniel Murphy over time, you know, he's a guy you hear people, in baseball people, oh, he's got a little Tony Gwynn in him, you know. <laughs> that ain't bad. And this guy, he goes oppo when you pitch him away. He yanks it like he did there on the uh, inside pitch for the home run. He's good field, no hit, and there's good hit, no field. Russell was good field, no hit, partially because of the uh, injury to the finger, the knuckle. He's been nothing but good field, no hit, Russell. Now, you move Javi over to short. Now you got Daniel Murphy, who in his uh, own scouting report would tell you, I'm good hit, no field. (laughs) He's a, a brick. That's a baseball phrase. He's a brick at second base, but he can hit. So we'll find out which is more valuable, the good field, no hit, or the good hit, no field. We'll get back on to Bears B with the unexpected announcement. We have the list coming through now, courtesy of Mark Potash, uh, with the Bears. Names have been named not uh, being in the game today, and I assume next week not starting. Uh, and is, uh, is a Kevin White on the list? We'll find out, because if you're not starting today, uh, that means that you're a starter, <laughs> right? If you do start today, it means you're not a starter. That is correct. <laughs> Did I get that right? You uh, got that I, right. I got confused with a good hit, well, no we field, understand. and a good field, no hit. <laughs> we back, understand. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred. Fred back next week. Vote now. Lots on the board here. Vote at ESPN 1000. Saturday. Glad you're with us. Murph and Fred. Fred back next week on vacation and normally 9 till noon. Going to step aside in a half hour, 1130 this one time for some Major League Baseball coming down 
ESPN. So uh, stick around. We are uh, right now uh, one minute away from Nick Friedel. Bulls move. Come on. No, no. Nick's covering the Bears today. He's at Soldier Field. Here's a uh, Twitter poll. It's on board right now. We'll bring Felix in in a moment with your results. For two and a half hours, you've been voting on multiple choice. Since the Bears camp started, you are now A, more optimistic, B, less optimistic, C, about the same. Nick Friedel. Oh, yeah, we love Nick. Let's have a little trick with Nick. A little trick with Nick. Nick, Nick, Mobix, Monana, Banana, Mobix, Mobix. Hey, Nick Friedel, where are you at, the United Center? <laughs> no, we're, we're, uh, we're switching it up today. I'm, uh, I'm helping out our pal J.D. for a few weeks, and I'm okay. uh, just checking out this, this big, bad preseason game, except then we get the news last night that nobody's really playing for the Bears, that you kind of shake your head and go, what? So... I think everybody's readjusting to what they're going to see out there today. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I don't know what a you know, bombshell or a, a big st- But it was pretty shocking uh, to see that it, it, we were talking earlier, Nick. Uh, this is almost perhaps like a sea change, the beginning of the end, maybe 10 years off. But exhibition, preseason, football games, you know, they may be the dinosaurs someday an endangered species, if you will. Uh, this is a step out here by uh, head coach uh, Matt Nagy. What, what do you think about a, a coach saying, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm opening myself up here. I'm opening myself up here for a lot of, a lot of negative, let's say Green Bay, the opening game. And uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, doesn't look like he's ready. Uh, the offense is not uh, sharp. Uh, this and that. All of a sudden, you know what's going to happen Monday morning here. <laughs> well, you should have played Trubisky the last two games. Certainly the next to last game. What the heck? You got to look at the coach and say, you did what you felt was right. And you know that you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism. Maybe. Uh, in, in a huge way, Murph. I mean, that game... That first game in Green Bay was always going to have pressure attached to it. It's Nagy's first game as a head coach uh, in the league and uh, his first game in, a, in the new tenure here. But <laughs> you don't play your guys. Trubisky mm. in the, the third preseason game, the, the dress rehearsal game, if they come out and struggle at all, people are going to crush them. So I understand, uh, in theory, what Nagy's saying. He wants to protect his players, and uh, he doesn't want to see injury. But at the same time, in order to get better – you got to play. <laughs> you got to you got to get the game reps. Hmm. Uh, you got to be out there. Uh, it, the, the, I got to tell you, though, the first thing that popped in my mind yeah. when I saw that news uh, last night was I just felt bad for the fans. You know, for for a long time, you know, that third preseason game was the one you circled, and you got to to see starters and see them in live game action, and you got all these fans that paid money to see. Trubisky and company, and now they're not going to see anything of, of real relevance. So, uh, aside from that, you know, who knows how this will play out? Uh, if they come out and they demolish Green Bay somehow in Week One, nobody's going to care that they didn't play <laughs> right. in this game. But if they don't, you're absolutely right. I mean, all of a sudden, Nagy has really turned up the heat on the whole group, and you know, Murph, I. I think the key for me is I don't think the Bears are going to be very good to begin with. 
But when you have a young team, I see all these people saying, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers didn't play in this preseason game, and, and guys sit out starters, it happens. Not a young team that's trying to learn a new system. I mean, that's the part that really makes me scratch my head a little bit here. Well, well that's why, uh, Nick Friedella at uh, Soldier Field, that's why this onion peels back many, many layers. And the fans is one. But hold the fans thought, I like that angle, but... Even before that, you just mentioned, oh, you need your reps. There's a lot to learn out there. Well, the, the coach knows that. The general manager knows this. For some reason, they have valued not playing over playing. Now, let me ask you this. The injury factor, they've got guys banged up. Most are coming along and will play they're not you know pup list or out for the year yet thank goodness you know what i'm saying as a fan so the injury factor evidently i don't know what other conclusion we as fans or reporters nick we can draw other than the they they feared the injuries more than they fear learning and that we're not going to be ready and we don't have enough reps can we say that this is almost all based on injuries? I think at this point, Mark, until we hear from Nagy here in a few hours, that's exactly what you have to say. Because he's being proactive in hoping that nobody goes out there and gets hurt. And, and look, I, I think we, we both understand that. And fans understand that point. It's just that you've got... Uh, a brand-new system that you're trying to implement. And the other, just in reading the, the social media reactions and, and talking to some people here, I think uh, there are a lot of people that are saying, all right, well, they had an extra week of, of training camp, and they've been out there because they had that extra Hall of Fame game, yes. which, of course, Trubisky and the other starters didn't play in. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can have that extra week of practice. It's still not game reps. I mean, we can we can do the song and dance all day about, okay, they're they're trying to be – cautious and they're trying to, to to hope that their guys don't get injured that's great it's still not game reps uh, and it's still not getting in in there and and seeing what you got uh with with younger guys who who haven't played in that many games again notably trubisky that's the uh-huh. that's real head scratcher to me and, I, and granted like I, I i don't cover football that much but i love the game i played it growing up i I have a feel for what's going on. When you have a young quarterback who's learning a new system, I would think you'd want that quarterback to have as many game reps as, uh, as you could in those first few weeks. And, and they've gone a different direction. And, again, Murph, they come out in Green Bay and they dominate the Packers. Right. More power to Matt Nagy because this kind of decision will change. I think a lot the way a lot of people look at uh, the preseason in general, and, and no fan wants to go pay for four preseason games. That's a joke anyway. Uh, the the reality though is that uh, if if they don't pr- produce at a very high level now, they're gonna the bear the organization <laughs> they're gonna get crushed mm-hmm. uh, for for a lot of reasons, but specifically because it's gonna be a lot of time between uh, that last preseason game when we saw Trubisky and the starters on the field. Uh, in that first game in Lambeau in a few weeks. We have the uh, semi-official list of the names. Uh, this came from uh, the Sun-Times. Uh, Mark Potash, I guess, posted this. Uh, Mark did join us earlier in the day, visiting with Nick Friedel uh, out at uh, Soldier Field. Nick, the, uh, you mentioned the fans. And, uh, by the way, everything you just said I agree with. However, turns out 
that uh, Coach Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace disagree with everything you just said, but <laughs> but I agree with you. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, no one cannot make the concise argument that you just did. However, two guys, I imagine they made the decision. Uh, if they had to touch base with George McCaskey, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Hey, George, you're yeah. gonna, your, yeah. your emails and everything are going to blow up t- tomorrow. This is last night. Why? Well, we're not playing any of the regulars, and the fans, by luck of the draw, games uh, four and five, you know, are both the home games. Not the first two, you know, where this wouldn't have really <laughs> had all the ramifications. But luck of the draw, uh, they get, you know, games, call them three and four, four and five now with the Hall of Fame game. But the fans are, uh, are coming out. But I got to think that they at least made a uh, touch base with, I don't know that George would overrule it or had a vote. Though he does own the team, he's the you know front man at least uh, for the team. But they must have given him a courtesy note last night: be ready for uh, irate fans uh, that "quote unquote" paid for a you know a real exhibition game, if there is such a phrase, right? Oh yeah, I mean Murph, truly, like I, I've been a fan first my whole life. Uh-huh. If I'm a Bears fan and and a season ticket holder who has to pay to to, to watch this, there is a general understanding that in that fourth game, uh, in that last preseason game next week, that's when starters don't play. That's been around the league for years and years. If I'm a fan and it's 8 o'clock last night and that press release drops, I'm going nuts. And I'm writing a letter to McCaskey or whoever the my season ticket rep is, and I'm saying, I want my money back for this game. Because you're not seeing anywhere close to a, a full professional product. And I, I understand, again, th- there, there are a lot of layers here because I understand what, what Pace and, and Nagy are trying to do here. They're protecting their team. Uh, they're, they're trying to stay away from injuries. They feel like they got enough practice work in. That's all well and good. You're still selling me uh, a product that isn't close to uh, what it should be uh, at this point in time. And if I'm, I'm a season ticket holder and I'm locked into these ridiculous prices for this game and I'm not even able to see the quarterback who's supposed to be the the face of the franchise moving forward, I am really upset. Uh, And I think that's something that the Bears are going to have to account for in the short term. Hmm. Again, in the long term, who knows what this decision and its ramifications uh, have because if they go play well in those first few weeks, on the whole, nobody's going to care. But in the short term, if I'm a ticket holder to this game, and this news dump comes at 8 o'clock on a Friday. I mean, if, if you were so uh, convinced that you didn't need these extra reps, <laughs> where was this a few days ago? What do you wait till 8 o'clock ah. on Friday for? I mean, uh-huh. Come on. Uh, I just, if I'm a, a ticket holder, I'm, I'm riding George McCaskey and I'm saying, hey, uh, I want some money back because this is ridiculous given the prices I'm already paying. Well, Nick... They've been getting away with this for 25, 35 years, the NFL. I believe this is the beginning of the end. It might be five more years, ten more years, where they will totally ash can uh, these games somehow but or open up the gates for free and charge more for the other eight games. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to give up the dough. But let's say it's $100, your seat, wherever you are for a Bears home game, 
eight home games. That's eight hundred. You got to buy these two. That's a thousand. They'll just say, "All right, the eight games are now a thousand, and you know the exhibition games are what they are." I think it's the. Oh, by the way, how many fans? I don't know the answer. That go to the preseason games this year, this week, and next week are the actual holders or buyers of the ten games. In other words, most I'm guessing most season ticket people, you know, they buy those 10 games, they send in a check, and they immediately give away, maybe, those two exhibition games to their neighbor, their, their you know, teenage uh, children, or they go online, secondary market, try to pick up 10, 20 bucks for them. Uh, but it is bait and switch. Uh, it is buyer beware now. But how many of the fans that go to these two games, my question, do you think are actually the ones that laid out the dough yeah i mean murph that if if i'm a season ticket order these are the first two games i'm trying to give away but you know yeah. I just, i've talked to a, a few of my friends that have tickets you, sometimes you can't even get these games away i mean right, if, people right. knew, uh-huh. if, if people knew on monday or tuesday that nobody was playing in this game who's <laughs> gonna show up <laughs> i mean you've got your your diehards uh, that'll be here i'm sure some people will go, all right, I've, you know, I got this ticket. What else am I going to do with it? But on the whole, nobody's going to come yeah. watch all these guys that uh, may not be in, in on the roster in a couple weeks. So I, it, it just, uh, I, I think it's bad business uh, in the short term, again. Uh, and, and the Bears could do some kind of make good, which I highly doubt, and saying, hey, you know what, the, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have to pay to watch this. But, uh, you know, the, the, other, the other interesting part, uh, to me, is if you're Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Murph. Oh yeah, good point. Go on, good point. Continue. What are you What are you thinking now? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're You're running your guys out to play against uh, a lot of the number two and number three guys. Do you think you can get that much better? I mean, does Andy Reid look at this situation and go, "All right, why am I going to put my starters at risk when they're playing a, a bunch of guys?" Is he ma- how mad is how, how, how mad is he right now? You raise a great point. Okay, I'm going to put my number ones out there, and they got their twos and their threes. Is he thinking, you know what? I was going to play my ones two quarters or a quarter and a half. You know what? I'm going to play him a couple of series and get him out of there. Or you know what? I need these reps. I got to keep my guys. That's another interesting uh, layer to the onion. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Andy Reid after this game, and and I, I he he knows Matt Nagy as well as anybody. I've been in Kansas City with him the last few years, but I'm going all right. You know. Does, does he use this moment in time to, to kind of look at the NFL and say, we ah, don't need four preseason games? That's right. This is kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I would be very worried about that, though, because you can say, all right, we need to get our work in. I understand, but if you're not playing against guys who can make you that much better on a different team, uh, then is the juice worth the squeeze for Kansas City in this case? It just it yeah. changes the whole dynamic uh, in a lot of ways, but but yeah, Irv, I mean, I think you're dead on. There are a lot of layers to this, oh. uh, but the, the layer to me, as I look at all these fans coming into Soldier Field as we speak, is if if you have paid top dollar for these tickets, I would be really pissed off watching the team on the field today. Well, Nick, and, and more layers to the onion. Uh, as we keep peeling the onion back, the Bears have announced none of the starters or regulars, call them what you want. We have the list right here. We'll play in the final two games. What if you're the commissioner of the NFL and you heard this, you go, what? 
wait a minute now. I don't think he slept too well last night. What about sponsors? What about sponsors that bought the TV advertising for, uh, I think it's called the Bears Network or whatever, you know, for these final two games at Soldier Field? All of a sudden, now, hey, no one's going to, you know, they know pretty much what the ratings are when they set the advertising rates. You know, it's not going to be huge, but you don't pay as much. It's incremental. We all know how that works. Supply and demand. It's business. Now, all of a sudden, you're a sponsor of these games and you go, wait a minute. You know, we thought we'd have this many viewers based on the past. Now we're going to have one half the viewers or one third the viewers. The onion uh, never stopped. Nick, here's the uh, offensive players that according to uh, Sun-Times report, uh, Mark Potash, uh, these names not starting, uh, Trubisky, Robinson, wide receiver, Howard in the backfield, uh, rookie wide receiver, uh, Anthony Miller, four of the linemen, long, offensive linemen, long, Massey, Leno, white hair, uh, tight end Burton, wide receiver Bellamy, uh, White, Kevin White, not on the list of those sitting, which means he starts, which in a reverse way, if he's starting, then he's not a starter. Does that make sense? Bingo. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and isn't it ironic, Murph, that of all the guys that you would really want to be cautious of, of staying healthy <laughs> and, and protecting them from themselves. Oh, good one, Nick. That, that, that Kevin White, <laughs> right. the guy who has struggled to be on the field at all, is now in a role on this team where mm-hmm. he just isn't nearly as important as he was supposed to be a few years ago. Yeah, good one, good one. And defensive non-starters probably don't even have to enumerate, pretty much obvious. Uh, linemen, defense on the Hicks, uh, Goldman, uh, Roquan, Roquan Smith, of course, not. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, offense, Cohen, I forgot. Tariq will not be starting. Uh, Trevathan in the middle there. Uh, Acho, uh, outside linebacker, Fuller, cornerback, Amukamara. Cornerback, the two safeties, uh, uh, Amos uh, Jackson, the names are pretty, uh, Nickel uh, Corner, uh, Callahan, Lynch has been battling. So no real surprises here when you get right down to it, but it's going to have a lot of controversy. Uh, Nick, final minute or two, we appreciate your checking in. We'll fi- hear all your reports online and on ESPN 1000 from Soldier Field. A quick NBA note for you. Uh, I, I actually stole this from some chatter earlier in the week here at ESPN 1000. So uh, the NBA with Twitter, I understand, Twitter will be offering a service where you can watch any NBA game the final two minutes for uh, uh, $2.99. I don't know if that's a done deal or it's happening. I don't know if you'd heard about that. Is that anything you'd uh, heard about yet? I had not heard about that, Murph, but I think it's a great idea. All right, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. When I was a kid, and that was about uh, 1920, no, about 1934, all right? Back when I was a kid in the 30s. And then they, someone said, you know, we need a 24-second shot clock. And then they invented that in the mid-50s. All right, because we got to get the scoring. So I remember our grade school joke out in LaGrange Park way back in the day was... You know, the NBA, and this was hilarious back when you were a kid, you know, something so ridiculous. The NBA, they should start every game with the score 100 to 100 with two minutes to go. Oh, <laughs> that's a funny one, Murph. 100 to 100 with two, 
Well, that's what this is. You're gonna you're gonna pay two ninety nine to watch the last two minutes of the NBA game, and it's gonna be one hundred to one hundred. Now, no one's laughing. Well, see, here's the key. On top of the fact it's a money maker for the league, and you know mm-hmm. we've, we've discussed all the reasons why <laughs> the NFL is going to have to take a deeper look into their structure here with preseason. But it always always goes back to money. The reason I like this idea uh, is that you've got so many people, so many, especially so many young people, with such short attention spans right. now that if they're sitting on Twitter. On a Tuesday night in December, and you know the Milwaukee New Orleans game mm-hmm. is, is coming down to the wire. There's Giannis and Anthony Davis. Right. I think a lot of people would click on that link and say, "All right, I'll pay the two bucks or three bucks to watch the end of this game and see what happens." So if that really goes through, mm-hmm. and, and again, I hadn't heard about that until uh, we started talking about it here. If that goes through. I think they will make the money and yeah. they'll draw some interest, maybe from the casual people that don't want to sit through. Uh, the other 46 minutes in a, in a game. All right, so in other words, in about 20 years, there'll be no uh, preseason football, and every NBA game, the old joke, it'll actually be 100 to 100 with two minutes to go, and that's when the, <laughs> they open up the gates and the fans come pouring in, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, Nick, no time to talk baseball and Cubs stuff. Maybe you can squeeze in a call to me and Murph. Uh, uh, and then, uh, me and Murph, that'd be me. Fred and Murph. <laughs> what? In the next uh, couple of weeks, so I know that's your uh, other love. Okay, buddy? All right, you got it. Good talking to you, Murph. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Nick Frito. Call in to me and Murph. Oh, my God. Cubs lineup is in. If there's Murphy, El Mago, and Rizzo. El Mago is the nickname. Uh, Zobris, Jay Hay, Castillo, Band, uh, I'm mean, sorry, Wilson Contreras, Band of Plate, Schwarber, Quintana, Nieto, and Hamper, batting, not, not Harper. No, Harper's not in right. Uh-uh. That'd be Harper. Want to thank our guests today. By the way, Fred's back next week. Took the day off. We're always here till noon, except today. Stepping aside for some uh, uh, national baseball coming down the line. Mark Potash, thank you. Jesse Rogers, thank you. Nick Friedel, thank you. Felix the Cat. Felix Rez, great job, buddy. Appreciate it very much. Murph and or Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling and See you later, everybody.